Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for who you are, and we thank you for this leader, Lord. We thank you that he listens to you, that he listens to you and he loves you, Father, and he talks from a place of knowing you, and that he gets to lead us, and not just lead us, but he is with us, Father that you just bless him. You give him everything that he needs, Lord, that you just are going to use him on today, Father. And I thank you for his heart and his mind. And we thank you for who he is, Lord. And we ask all these things in your precious name, Lord. Amen. 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 So good. Lord knows I need prayer. Come on, somebody. <laughs> My wife knows I need prayer. Thank you, Father. Well, I'm going to be brief. I just have some declarations I'd like to make uh, over the, the, the year and just where we're headed this season. It's not just a new year, but it's a new season. How many believe that? Um, I do want to acknowledge uh, uh, Pastor Ron Sykes is in the room. Where's he at? Can you stand up real quick? Can we just, I want to honor you, man. Awesome worship leader, pastor in the city. He had a Sunday morning where he was not ministering anywhere. And, and he's here just worshiping with us. What an honor to have you. Amen. Sometimes we'll chat and uh, text and talk on the phone, but I look forward next time we can just sit down and break bread and connect. There's definitely a, a connection in the spirit I feel with you and what you're doing in the city. And so uh, thank you for being here. I honor you, honor who you are and everything that you're doing. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So, uh, I want to I just start by making some declarations. I, I do want to say this. I am undone. Um, that time of worship was just incredible, man. I am just, my heart is just burning. It's just fluttering. And it's more than physical. Like, there's just like this burning that's going on. And um, if you were in pre-service prayer that goes on at 845 or down with the worship team, we prayed. We prayed the Lord would mark this first Sunday of the year. And how many believe that the Lord marked it? Come on, like there's just something. And I, I want to make some declarations. So I, I told Sarah, I told a couple people, I said, hey, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm expecting the unexpected. Uh, we might just worship. I don't know what's going to go. I might even call on you, um, you know, like so be, and they're like, huh, what are you talking about? You know, the scripture says be ready in and out of season. Come on, somebody. Uh, Sister Chris, you know what I'm talking about? I literally walked up back there and I said, would you lead communion? She's like, what? <laughs> and it was absolutely anointed and brilliant. Um, how many know we should be ready in and out of season? Uh, but I really felt something stirring this morning as I was praying and uh, the, the year kicked off. And I'm just, I'm really excited about where we're at as a community. And obviously, we're finishing the building, and, and, but we're, we're, it's more than that. Like, we are, we are uh, standing ground and standing firm on who we are and how heaven has marked us. Are you with me this morning? And so I, I want to just read a couple of verses to you. I, I want to first mention Isaiah 64, uh, verse 1, where the prophet cries out and he says, Lord, would you open the heavens, would you tear, rend the heavens, and come down? The word rend, is a, it's a violent uh, word. And, and so there was this cry that the prophet Isaiah had. And I think that that is a powerful thing to reflect on. How many feel like there are times in your life where you're praying 
for God to open the heaven. Have you ever been there? Like when you're, uh, you know, in overcast weather for centuries. And uh, I'm from Las Vegas, man. We get lots of sun there. Um, so in the natural, it's a worthy cry. <laughs> Lord, can I see some sunshine before the white hits the plant, all the snow for uh, quite a while? The thing is, though, is as a new covenant Christian, this is not our prayer. In Jesus and what he has accomplished, the heavens are open. Matter of fact, when he was baptized, oh, I have to say this, Dan, that was a brilliant video, and it was the Lord that it was today. And we didn't really plan it until we're like, hey, we have some videos that we, and, and I know we filmed that quite a while ago, but there was something about it being today. The Lord marked this day and you declared some very powerful things. And I just honor your heart and your spirit and who you are, you and your wife in this house. I'm so excited. Come on. Amen. Love you. Appreciate you. The, the power of your worship. You're a worshiper. You're an atmosphere shifter. And it was, it was definitely the Lord that we, that we played that today. It was so good. This prayer, though, this cry of Isaiah, hear me, was answered in Jesus. And I want to make a declaration. I want to make some declarations over the season we're stepping into. But maybe... Maybe sometimes we fall back into this element of striving in our Christian faith. Can I just encourage you? You do not have to strive when you encounter Jesus. Like when you realize greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. There's no striving in that. Hello? Well, what about spiritual warfare? We have victory. Fight from victory, not for victory. Like there's something about knowing who we are, whose we are, and carrying out and executing the victory that Jesus has already won 2,000 years ago. And I want to make a declaration. Number one, the heavens are open. Will you say it with me? The heavens are open. Early on, uh, in, in when we were, uh, actually we were in ministry for quite a while, and then we planted a church in Las Vegas in 2009, and we started in a coffee shop with 12 people, and over time, it grew quickly, and it grew to hundreds. And, you know, there were Sundays we had three services and 500 people in attendance. And the Lord, it wasn't just bodies and pews. The Lord was moving mightily. Amen. The Spirit of God, the presence of God, healing, salvation, deliverance, hundreds and hundreds, saved, baptized in the Holy Spirit, physical healings. Come on. We saw two people raised from the dead. Like in, in Sin City. Come on, somebody. And early on, the Lord said, change the name that the world has labeled Las Vegas. Where sin abounds, grace more abounds, right? So we just started calling it Revival City. And we said, what happens in Vegas will not stay in Vegas, but will shake the nations for the glory of God. 
And early on in the ministry, we declared we're under an open heaven. We're not striving for revival. We're living from revival. We're not trying to get God to do something he doesn't want to do. Come on. He's already pouring out. We're not begging God to pour out a spirit. He's already pouring out a spirit. We're removing the umbrellas of religion, tradition, and doubt, and receiving the reign of heaven. And we're learning to yield to the outpouring of the spirit because we live under an open heaven. And I just want to encourage you, like churches all over the world need, we as the body of Christ all over the world need to learn we live under an open heaven. Matter of fact, like we're not just on the earth in the natural and hoping for God to do things. You're actually, as a Christian, seated with Christ in heavenly places. You, you have an ascended spiritual reality right now. Wow. Can you imagine if we started praying from that place? We wouldn't just be praying for things. We'd be prophesying and making declarations like in Ezekiel where God says to the prophet, can these bones live? And the prophet says, you know, Lord, that's always the best answer, right? When you're not sure how to answer God, you know, Lord, you know, that's how I answer my wife, Lord, honey, you know, <laughs> amen. 24 years of marriage, you learn, come on somebody. Right, honey? I mean, yes, babe. Yeah, okay. I'm scared now. The prophet says, you know, Lord. And then God says, I want you to prophesy to the winds. Yes. Smith Wigglesworth says, if, I'm, if God's not moving, I'll move him. What? What? William Booth, who raised up over 50,000 evangelists, the founder of the Salvation Army, started out as a mass evangelism. He said, I am a move of God. You know what happened? Uh, William Booth decided to just be a move of God. Like, there comes a point where we stop prophesying about revival and we actually become the manifestation of the words we've been saying for years. The heavens are open. Say it with me. The heavens are open. You don't have to strive. Why, why do we experience the presence of God in this house this way? Because the heavens are open and we believe it and we know it and we trust the Lord. And we don't say like, Lord, come fill this room. He's already here closer than the air that you breathe. We thank God and we pray, Lord, manifest your presence. Let the wind from the unseen realm blow. Let the fire burn. We yield, we yield, we yield to your heart. Why is it like that? Because we believe the heavens are open. Can you say amen? Jesus is being baptized, and the Bible says that a voice came from heaven, and a dove came. It was the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove and descended upon Jesus. The first time we see the Trinity in the Gospels. But it says, while he prayed, Luke chapter 3, the heavens were open. While Jesus prayed, the heavens were opened. The answer to the prayer that Isaiah cried out for was in Luke chapter 3. And the voice that, uh, that they heard was the father saying, this is my beloved son in whom my soul delights. See, with the reality of an open heaven comes the reality that we're beloved. And the other declaration I want to say is this, that we are a people of presence. And we don't apologize for it. Can I just encourage you real quick? This is going to be a short sermon, but I want to encourage you, never apologize for who you are. friend of mine, Robert Slayerton, who wrote God's Generals, I remember we're, I got, had the privilege of hanging out with them. 
we still text every once in a while. I'd love to bring him out to minister, but one time I said, Roberts, what is the key to walking in the gifts that God's given you? And with his, if you know who he is, his preacher voice, never apologize for who you are. And I'm like, we're in the car. I'm like, okay, yes, sir. He says, apologize when you're wrong. How many know that we do get things wrong sometimes? We say things wrong. We offend people. We do things wrong. We could always learn to, we could learn to be humble and apologize. But don't apologize for who you are. And we are a people of presence. Can you say amen? amen. That means that we, we prioritize the presence of God. We believe that the church primarily should be a dwelling place for God and the spirit before it's a place of equipping evangelism or anything else. Potlucks, everything flows from being fitly framed together and being a dwelling place, Ephesians chapter 2, a dwelling place for God in the spirit. Why are we people of presence? Because we're not just a gathering. We want to be an assembly. We don't want to just be parts assemble, uh, uh, gathered together. We want to be assembled for destiny. Come on. Amen. That means we believe in relationship. That means we believe in community. That means we believe in life on life. Come on. Which is the heartbeat of discipleship. You can't have discipleship without relationship. You also can't have discipleship if you're not teachable or correctable. I remember a spiritual father said that in my life. He said, if you're not teachable or correctable, you're not a disciple. And so being a people of the presence helps us posture our hearts in a place of worship, but helps us posture our hearts in a place where we are assembled together for destiny. Amen. In Ephesians chapter 1, uh, let me read this to you. The Bible says this in Ephesians 1 verse 3, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us as a loved gift from our wonderful heavenly father. The Bible says we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Sometimes we pray for things the Lord has already given us. Sometimes we ask God for things that he is already waiting on us to activate and release. Like, Lord, I, I want to see rivers of revival. Okay, then drink. Because Jesus said in John 7, 37, come to me and drink and out of your heart will flow rivers of living water. You want a mighty river to flow? Just drink. That's not striving. That's not fasting and praying. Uh, prayer might be involved in that, but it's not this striving thing. Like we got to unlearn striving. Can I just encourage you this morning? You don't have to strive. You don't have to beg God for something. He's a good father. He's... He gives good gifts to his children. Amen. He wants to move in this city way more than you could even imagine. He loves this city way more than you love your kids and grandkids and your spouses. Like far beyond you could ever comprehend the Lord, every broken heart, every person, every human being made in the image of God in this city. God is just longing and he's looking for us to yield and to release. Just drink, just drink. Let rivers flow out of your heart as you yield and as you drink in living water. Amen? Amen. The other declaration I want to say is this. All of heaven is behind us. Yes. All of heaven is behind us. You know, when Jesus said that the gates of hell will not prevail, I'll build my church. He's talking about that the church will be built upon the revelation of who Jesus is. And then he said, whatever you bind on earth is already bound in heaven. What is this binding loosing thing? Well, I believe it, it is believers walking in authority, which can mean a lot of things. But one of the things that it means is when you know who he is, you know who you are, 
and you know that all of heaven is behind you. Can I just encourage you too that it's not just the innumerable company of angels that Hebrews chapter 12 says. It's not just the Father, Son, Spirit, which that's more than enough. But there is a cloud of witnesses that we are surrounded by. I believe that Charles Finney is shouting go from heaven over our church to take the land. How many believe that this, this city is marked with, uh, with revival? How many believe that this city is destined for revival? I think that the reformers, the church fathers, are cheering us on to keep going. All of heaven is behind you. Can you say it? All of heaven is behind us. One of the ways it's helpful for me to realize that reality is to take on a posture of worship. Sometimes I find myself in ministry like Martha in the kitchen, distracted, and then complaining about how people aren't helping me. And the, and, and the Lord rebukes me and says, Zach, oh, Zach, beloved Zach, just like Martha, oh, Martha, get out of the kitchen and sit at my feet. There's something about yielding, just learning to yield. James 3.17, the wisdom from heaven is pure, peaceable, gentle, Willing to yield. Wow. In, in all of the praying that I've ever done, I love, there's times of prayer that's more quiet and reflective and listening. I mean, you know, God wants to speak. He does speak to us. And sometimes that means be quiet and listen. And sometimes prayer, you, you need to make some declarations and there's a roar, there's a shout, there's a cry. But I've learned that in all of it, if I'm not yielded, I'm not in sync with the rhythm of grace. And knowing all of heaven is behind us is wonderful. But how do we, how do we learn to flow it? Take on a posture of worship. Take on a posture of prayer. Can you say amen? I love that verse in Ephesians chapter 1. Every spiritual blessing has been given to us. In Hebrews 4, there's a promise that the author of Hebrews is saying, I'm going to just summarize it, paraphrase it, like what the Lord has done for us. I, I, I'm reminded of the song that we are singing to the one. Uh, I don't have the lyrics. Actually, if you could put them up there, I want to read these lyrics. The bridge of the last song, we crown you. To the one who gave his very life away. Thank you. It's hard to read with the logo who took upon himself all our guilt and shame. Would you read it with me? Let's go to the next. Hanging on a cross for the world he loved. And with his precious blood, purchased men for God. To the one who endured all the shame of the cross. To the lamb who was slain as atonement for us. To the Son who overcame all the power of death, we praise. For the stripes, for the wounds, for the beating you bore. For the tears, for the blood that was willingly poured. For the merciful, wonderful majesty of your love. Is that the last one? We crown you, and then it goes to the course. That bridge gripped my heart and I began to think of the price that he paid 
I mean, can you imagine as a good father, and this is the only illustration I can think of because I like cars, I like horsepower, and I like fast cars. Can you imagine as a good father, I'm like, to one of my kids, I'm like, hey, here's some keys. I got you a car for your birthday. Um, you're not a good driver yet, but I'm going to entrust you with this car. Insurance is expensive. It's just the way it is, but here's a car, and it's keys to what's your favorite car? Who said BMW? Who said my man? Right there. Come on, somebody. Because you drive a 335. It's a twin turbo, straight six. I used to have one of those. That's a bad car, bro. It's a bad car. Tesla. All right, Tesla. Come on, somebody. Let's, let's use Tesla, okay? Because my man over here drives a Tesla. Love it. So do I. You still haven't taken me for a ride in it. But, okay. So can you imagine? I'm like, here's keys to a Tesla. And then he gets on... Layla's bicycle and tries to ride to work. I think it's a perfect analogy of all the things he's provided for us. He's paid the price. What a shame. There's no shame, but what, how, like, God have mercy on us for not unlocking and walking in the power and the presence and the glory that he's given us. Like, let's receive these keys of authority from heaven with honor and humility and say, God, we want to the best of our ability to run this race that is set before us. All of heaven is behind us. In Hebrews 4, it talks about what Jesus has already accomplished and how there is a rest that remains for the people of God. And I want to read the ending of chapter 4 here as I close. So then we must cling in faith to all we know to be true, for we have a magnificent king priest, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who rose into the heavenly realm for us and now sympathizes with us in our frailty. He understands humanity, for as a man, our magnificent king priest was tempted in every way, just as we are, and conquered sin. So now we draw near freely and boldly. Will you say boldly? To where grace is enthroned. To receive mercy's kiss and discover the grace we urgently need to strengthen us in our time of weakness. In the New King James, it says, come boldly to the throne of grace. God wants to infill us this year. I make these declarations for us to run with endurance, but also to live boldly this year. Can we allow the Lord to fill us afresh to walk in boldness? Can you say amen? amen. Last one that I want to declare, and I want to ask you to stand up if you would. Can we stand together? Uh, I'm just going to pat myself on the back because that was a really short sermon. I did a good job. Praise God. It's really difficult as a preacher to preach short sermons. I'm just telling you. I feel like this service though was definitely a meal in itself every part of it from the very beginning to end and um, I want to I want to close with this this last declaration that the harvest is upon us how many believe that and it's time for us to go Jesus said go he said, go therefore. All of authority has been given to me. Go therefore. What does that mean? Walk in the authority I've given you. Take the land. Preach the gospel. 
Heal the sick, raise the dead. Come on, freely receive, freely give. How many years of receiving do we need before we go? Hello? I remember when we decided to go, my wife and I, and we were so frustrated with the church, the body of Christ. And it took three years for God to work our hearts to a place where we loved the bride again. Because we're bride bashers. We had everything negative to say about the church. We were church hurt. Come on, somebody. Really, we were just immature. We just had to get over ourselves and capture God's heart for his bride. Well, I've just got to find a, a more perfect church. Well, as soon as you walk in the door, it ain't perfect no more. Come on, somebody. And we're, and we're frustrated with the church. Three years on our faces. God giving us his heart for the broken and for the bride. And I remember like we're praying for the harvest. The Lord's like, why are you praying for the harvest? The harvest is ripe. You need to just position yourself and go. What are you waiting for? And we said yes to the call. We're like, all right, we're gonna, we're gonna start a church in a coffee shop. We're gonna let some people know. We had a dozen people. And then we started doing outreach. And then we're going out as a staff and we would do these things called uh, Love Explosion. We go out on the strip, pray for people, see people healed, preach the gospel, just love on the broken, just doing whatever we knew how to, like we wanna win our city. We wanna, we wanna see uh, the, those that are untouched, touched with the love of God. And we just went, we just went, we just went. We like, it, it's not gonna happen until we all, we say yes and we just go. You gotta just go. Like you, you, every person in this room, I'm talking to you right now. You, every person in this room after this service, you could win someone to, to the Lord this day if you wanted to. What are you waiting for? Go. Hello? We have to take personal responsibility for the great commission. The harvest is upon us. The harvest is now. And as a young pastor, church planner, I remember when we said yes, it was like everything, heaven just, we aligned with heaven and everything, he made our path smooth. Don't you love that scripture? Acknowledge him in all your, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he'll make your path smooth. Come on, somebody. And our, our paths were not smooth. We had a really difficult time. There's a lot of things I won't get into, but it was like financially, uh, work-wise, it was like, it was crazy. The real estate market crashed. We went from making a lot of money to nada. Come on, somebody. Food stamps. Come on, somebody. Like, we were broke. And the Lord, then the Lord's like, all right, it's time to plant a church. I'm like, are you serious, Lord? I had $100,000 in the bank. I could have bought a sound system, some chairs, and rented out like a building. He's like, you don't need a building. I want you to go. I want you to go. Hello? And we went. And the Lord just, it was right before us, it was like, oh, we're meeting in a school. It's a pain in the butt, setting up, tearing down. God's moving. Church is growing. We're doing outreach. We're doing like monthly outreach, weekly outreach. We're doing big festive outreaches based upon seasonal things. You know, harvest. We're doing sidewalk Sunday school in the government projects. We start youth group in our home with four kids. And it grows to like over 50 kids encountering the Lord seeing them just fall on their face, worshiping God, crying. They walk in with a bad attitude. They walk out humble and thankful. Come on, somebody. Give them some nachos in Jesus and it'll change their life forever. We just went. We just said yes and we went and we captured God's heart for the broken. We begin to see our city as loved by the Father. And so we didn't miss an opportunity. We didn't want to pass the one where we said yes because the harvest time was upon us. 
and everything aligned. I, we didn't have a building, uh, but we wanted one. So we go down to the downtown area of our city and we felt like that's where the Lord wants us. And I'm asking this prophetic guy, I'm like, will you, you know, pray with me? I think God wants us to like find a, a space down here. I want to be in the heart of it all. I want to be where the people are at. They get out of jail. They got to walk by our church. Like I want to be right here. And we're walking and this lady steps off the curb a few blocks from uh, we had walked and, and she said, I felt the Holy Ghost as soon as I looked at y'all. And this lady starts prophesying over our ministry. She had no idea who we were or what we were doing there. I never have met this lady in my life. It was miracle after miracle. Then we find a building. Uh, we stumble upon a building. I see a building and I'm like, I feel like this would be a great building right here. It's not for rent. We just pray anyways. I call the intercessors, pray. I found a building, it's not for rent, but that'd be great if it was. Come on somebody, two weeks later, there's a for rent sign. They're asking, you know, too much. So I'm praying, call the intercessors. Hey, we need them to, to take half of what they're asking. Are you kidding me in this economy? Guess what happens? We get less than half of what they're asking for. We get in a lease agreement and then five pastors like from different areas, maybe it wasn't five, I think four pastors and a couple other people, they were like, you're never gonna get a use permit from the city. They will not allow a use permit for a church in downtown Henderson. Guess what? God provided an attorney pro bono. Not only did we have an attorney pro bono, a good one with an Italian last name who knows everybody, come on, if you know what I'm talking about here. But the owner of the property provided attorney. We had two attorneys. And guess what? Every council person, yes, we give them the use permit. Come on. Yes, we give them. Why am I telling you these stories? Breakthrough stories. Come on. The Bible says declare the works of the Lord. Why am I telling you this? Because God's favor is upon us. The harvest is upon us. He's aligning things. He's going to make our paths smooth. Come on. He already has breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough. And when we moved into that building, I declared we are under an open heaven. And we began to see a harvest explode. Listen, we were weren't ready to move in that building at least we thought but we moved in and we went to the point where we had standing room only in the services that we held in this building until we got another one and to this day encounter church vegas is in another building that was another leap of faith that we moved into that was four times the size as this one that i'm telling you about we went from glory to glory from faith to faith from strength to strength but listen i want to encourage you the harvest is upon us are you ready to say yes Amen. I told you it's hard to preach short as a preacher. It really is. I tried to tell you, you don't listen. I really feel like as a people though, as we step into this new season, not just a new year, I love new years. I like starting fresh. I like, uh, you know, I need to work out. I know, I know Max, someday I'll look like you. I know Justin, come on somebody my buff friends that tell me to get in the gym, to hit the gym. It's, it's always good to have a fresh start, right? Can I just declare to you as a church community, it's a whole new season. It's not like it's been. We honor what has been, but we're anticipating what is to come. That's why it was God that it was today, Dan, that your video was played. Because it it, it's your voice, you represent yesterday in the now and then what is to come. That we're moving forward together. We're pushing forward together. I mean, give it a, like, 
40 days, we're probably going to be having church in this other building. Are you ready for the harvest? Then may we take personal responsibility for the Great Commission. We're so honored to partner with uh, Agape Haven of Abundance, Julia, and she sent us a really encouraging text this week. It's just, God was all over it. We're planning a spring outreach in the heart of our city. We're planning a back to school outreach in the heart of our city. And there's weekly things that you can get involved in to just feed the hungry, pray for people that come to, to get food. And you can, they, they always want a pastor to pray for them. So if you have a heart for that, if you, if you want to say yes and like, I'm ready for the harvest. Well, the harvest is all around. The harvest doesn't need prayer. We need to rise up as laborers and say yes to the Great Commission. One of the things that the apostolic anointing will do is not only make you feel a little uncomfortable and challenge you where you fit in to rise up, but one of the apostolic anointings uh, will do, what the apostolic anointing will do is help you take responsibility for the Great Commission. He said, go. And what are we waiting for? Amen. Can we pray together? Let's lift our hands to the Lord right now and ask you to just pray. Lift your voices in prayer. And let's just go through these declarations really quick. Say this with me. Say, we are under an open heaven. Come on now, just thank God for that right now. Begin to pray and thank God. Lord, teach us to live in that reality as a church. We don't have to strive for your love and affection, Lord. You are already declaring over us that we are your beloved children whom your soul delights. We, lit, we start ministry with pleasing the Lord. We don't just strive and endeavor to please you, which we do, but we start ministry without doing anything. Jesus' ministry started from being fully pleasing to God. And so we are under an open heaven. We're also a people of presence. Would you begin to pray into that right now and declare it with me? Say, we are a people of presence. Lord, we will make space for an encounter and we will not apologize. We're praying that you would take the platform just like you have today. This is our cry as we step into this season, Lord. We see a new building full of the glory and people from all over drawn. We see new believers being discipled, Lord. We see people encountering the Lord. We see miracles, signs, and wonders. Come on, because we are a people of presence. We declare right now, all of heaven is behind us. Will you say it with me? All of heaven is behind us. And I begin to thank God for the authority that he's given you right now. Come on, lift up your voices in prayer for a moment. Teach me to walk in the authority that you've given me. All authority. Come on, pray right now. Just take a minute and pray. Thank God for it. Yeah, but wherever the soles of our feet tread, we possess the land for Jesus. We thank you. Rochester will be saved. This region is marked for a move of God. Hey, Aramasoba. And lastly, though, the harvest is upon us. It's time to say yes. It's time to reap. So we say yes, we will go. We open our hearts, we open our lives. Teach us to yield. Teach us to say yes as a people. Brand our hearts and mark us. Mark us for this next move of God. Thank you, Lord. I believe there are a cloud of witnesses, as the scripture says, that are surrounding us as we run the race the triumphant church in God's presence in heaven 
is cheering on churches in the body of Christ in Rochester to see the fulfillment of promise. Earlier in prayer, Dick O'Reilly made a declaration and he made, uh, he, he prophesied and said that this is, if I paraphrase it, this is a year that promises are going to be fulfilled. This is a year of fulfilled promise. How many believe that? And so we enter into the rest of the Lord we step out of striving we step away from trying to make something happen into flowing with the rhythm of your grace and yielding to the outpouring of the spirit of God and we declare a greater move and an increase in the name of Jesus we pray and everyone said amen can you thank God for it thank you Lord amen amen